0: Welcome to Safety Talk. Personal safety expert Pete Canavan shares his insights and interviews experts who provide simple and effective tips, techniques, and technologies to keep you safe and secure both online and off. Here's Pete. Hello
1: and welcome to Safety Talk. My name is Pete Canavan and I'm your host and personal safety expert. I'm joined by my colleague, branding and social media expert, Neil Haley. Neil, how are you today?
2: I am doing fantastic, Pete. I mean, I can't believe we're in June. It doesn't feel like June, but it's. I uh, uh, can't believe how quickly this year has gone by. But some a lot of exciting things coming up for sure.
1: There's always exciting things, and uh, unfortunately, there's always some safety news. And we always start off with a couple of news items. And you know, it doesn't matter who you are. There's always something. It never seems to shock us. Uh, I don't know how many people out there watch uh, the different news channels, but Fox News. There's a contributor on there, our Lawrence Jones, He was out there doing some interviews in the street the other day, and he just all kinds of racist taunts were being thrown at this guy, and he's just out there trying to uh, to talk to people and interview people. If you don't know who he is, uh, and I'm sure our guest today knows who he is, he's uh, the editor-in-chief of Campus Reform, and just interviewing people at demonstration, and he couldn't handle it, you know, and it's just so he had to, you know kind of be careful and, you know, look out because things started getting a little dicey there. And so, you know, here's somebody that people know and it doesn't matter. They just feel like they can, you know, hurl racial insults at people and, you know, it's just, you never know where it can go. So you have to really watch out for yourself. And the other is, you know, even on the highest levels of Supposed safety, right? You know, our own uh, government here in the United States. Uh, Interestingly enough, in today's news, the State Department has identified 23 violations and multiple security incidents and involving the Clinton emails. So it's going to be interesting to see where this uh, takes us. A lot of people have been wondering when the other shoe is going to fall on that whole thing. But, you know, that's a lot of problems that are being fleshed out and it's going to be really interesting to see where that goes. Um, Senator Chuck Grassley is leading that, uh, he's overseeing that review of things. And, um, again, it's going to be interesting. So, you know, no matter who you are, whether you're somebody who's well-known or somebody who's just, you know, average person on the street, going to your job, you know, living life, wife, kids, whatever, you can never be too safe no matter where you are. And I think that kind of is where, you know, I just want to kind of leave things there tonight and, you know, think about that. So our guest today is someone that uh, I'm very excited to have on the show today. As many of you know, uh, I have written several books, five books. My last uh, book is called The Ultimate Guide to College Safety and student safety is something I'm very passionate about and so is today's guests. I've been looking to bring in some experts on campus safety and security uh, whether they're individuals or from companies or campus public safety at various colleges, and universities. Uh, this gentleman is a former principal. He's also a champion for student safety initiatives. Uh, and he works for a company that bills itself as the quote student safety company. Uh, his time as a school leader has provided him with firsthand experience and he's managed incidents, you know, from incidents of cyberbullying all the way up to violent threats and a whole lot more in between. Uh, he is currently the GM of Securely uh, Headquarters, their Eastern Division, and he's also director of their K-12 through safety operations. And so he and I are going to have a lot to talk about on today's show, so I'm happy to bring on our show today, Michael Jolly, uh, who will be addressing student safety and how Securely fits in to help students and parents be safer. So welcome to Safety Talk, Michael.
3: Pete, thank you. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, so glad you're here because, you know, anything that can be done to improve student safety is what we're all about here. And there's a special part of safety that we're both passionate about, and that's student safety. And so, uh, why don't we start off with a little bit of, of sort of your backstory, how you got into this industry and, and to securely.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, I, uh, both of my parents were educators. My, my father retired as a middle school teacher, and my mother was a, a pre-K assistant. So, it's education has been in my blood. And, uh, was a passionate teacher. And, and as a teacher, I realized I could make a, a lot more impact on students as an administrator. So I went that route and, uh, became a principal. And, you know, I love being a principal. I love being able to work with teachers, work with students every day, and just uh, work on making sure our kids are successful. And, you know, one of the things that you learn really quick is the most important thing that's going to impact, um, how students, how successful they are is, is how safe they feel. You know, we started, to, I actually started to put on my, my staff meeting notes and on everything I would send out to my community. And uh, the, the top guarantee we had was a safe school before engaging, edu- you know, engaging instruction before caring teachers. It was a safe school because if the kids don't feel safe when they're sitting in class, if they don't feel safe when they're walking the halls, if they don't feel safe on the bus, the restroom, you name it, Pete, if they don't feel safe. They're not going to learn if the staff do not feel safe. They're not going to want to teach there. They're not going to be focused on engaging kids in these amazing things that expand their mind. And if the parents don't feel safe, you know, Pete, I'm a parent. I've got two daughters in the Charlotte Mecklenburg school system. Uh, they've both had a, a great experience, but that, that's just one of the things that, you know, unfortunately keeps me up at night is working at an amazing company like Securely, but seeing the things that are, that are going on in our world, in our schools, in our community. We actually had a, a, a shooting in the school district this year, first one um, since my daughters have been there, not in their school. Um, but there was a a shooting that uh, resulted in a death this year. And so that's, you know, really hits home uh, for me as, again, as a parent and someone who's just passionate about education. So I took that passion that I had as a building level leader for a little over nine years and and found Securely, uh, Securely, again, looking to be the student safety company and build out a team of administrators who would work hand in hand with schools. And so a few years later, that's where I am. I'm with Securely, you know, working to keep millions of kids across the country safe every day.
2: And Michael, it's really concerning what's happened lately. I mean, to the point here, the number of school shootings, you know, we're all we're trying to secure ourselves even more now. All the security grants are coming out and all these different things, and we're just getting still, this is happening to us. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what we can, we've tried every different measure, it's just this, it's our society mm-hmm. today. So the more mm-hmm. secure we can be, the better our mm-hmm. security team can be, the better situation our kids are going to feel more safe. And they're going to feel safe and the parents are going to feel safe because of just what's happening. You never thought when you started working in that district, your kids in that district, that there would ever be a shooting near you. Right? You never thought that was going to come uh, this close never. to home. And, and, it, and it comes to any community. That's where you well, have and, to
1: Well, and, you know, that. safety, that's – and, you know, Mike, you said it right off the bat, is it's a major distraction. And if you cannot – Focus on the task at hand, and whatever your profession is, and whatever it is that you're doing. If you're concerned about your safety and well-being, whether you're on your way back and forth to school or work, or while you're at school or work, or you know whatever it is that it, that you do, that's going to become such a distraction that it, you're gonna not be able to learn. You're not going to be able to teach if you're the teacher, mm-hmm. and it, it's just going to spiral and you know become a huge, huge problem. And so that's got to been a, a huge challenge for. Anybody, let alone, you know, a company has decided to try to, you know, take that on and, and do something about it. So tell us a little bit about uh, where securely fits in and what exactly it is that, uh, that makes them the student safety
3: company. Sure. So, just a, to a backstory on securely, you know, They started as a, a web filter company in 2013. A lot of challenges, and, and the, the Child Internet Protection Act, you know, requires schools to make that effort to keep kids safe when they're online. As there's more and more um, instructional tools that are that are based on technology, and you know, our kids are digital natives, right? That's just that's a part of their life. So schools have that responsibility to keep them safe. So Securely came to be a web filter to keep them safe, but also our co-founders from the beginning have been very blunt that they their envision is a full student safety company. So we started to roll out features in 2015, 2016 that were geared towards uh, going a little bit deeper in, in helping schools find out more and more what students are doing online. For example, we released a, a product called Auditor. And what Auditor does is it looks at every email sent and received by students and it scans it with a, an emotionally intelligent, Um, sentiment analysis, basically AI, and it looks for indications of bullying, self-harm, and violence in those school emails, and if it finds any, it's going to alert whoever the district wants. So the district, uh, no longer do all these alerts have to go to just the IT person or the IT department, and these are amazing people who love their jobs and work tirelessly for the school system, but, but they're not on the front lines with the students. They don't know the students. And sometimes it's really not fair to have that expectation that, that that's in their hands when you have principals and counselors and social workers, resource right, officers with
1: the training. who are
3: with these kids every day. Oh. Right, exactly. So we send those alerts directly to them in real time. And so what happens when a student emails another student a message that, that may be uh, bullying? maybe right. harassing a student, uh, you know, kids have keyboard courage. When I was in elementary school in the eighties, if a kid was messing with me, I could walk home a different way. I won't say his name, but there was a kid I avoided. You know, I could, I could walk home a different way. Right. Um, uh, or you move to a different cafeteria table. These kids can't hide. You can't it just, is uh, relentless. Right. Right. Yeah. Then, One of the toughest moments I had as a principal was sitting with a dad and his daughter and someone had taken an unflattering photo of her and put it on Instagram or put it on um, Twitter with some, you know, some not nice verbiage. And I just remember sitting in, in that office with that dad and, and her just, Mr. Jolly, how do I walk in class tomorrow? How do I walk in the cafeteria knowing all these kids have seen this embarrassing thing? And that's real. You know, it's no longer four or five kids in the neighborhood saw something no. or whatever. It's, it's hundreds, it's it thousands, and it could be there forever. forever. Yeah. I mean Michael,
2: yeah. cyberbullying is such a huge thing, and then that leads to cutting, it leads to so many different things. They never can disappear if they're having if the bully bully can never disappear. And I've had these arguments or discussions on my education talk show for around 10 years. Always the, the purpose of cyberbullying and how dangerous it is through social media and all these things. You just can't run away. The days of, you know passing notes and people are bullying to a text message going from one phone to the next phone to the next phone and a viral uh, video or phone message comes out. Think about, you know, specifically enough, even, uh, uh 13 reasons why, how they put that story out there. That's a real true thing. Meaning it truly happens in our schools where kids, these certain acts that happen to them can just ruin their reputation and put them down So a product like yours being able to identify those things, earlier is going to save lives, but also it help kids be protected.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and yeah,
1: I was just going to say, you know, and you want to have this environment that is conducive to learning and to safety. And so something like that, that's able to identify, hopefully a major problem, uh, you know, a a minor problem before it becomes a major problem could end up being a, a massive, you know, improvement for a lot of children and a lot of schools and it's going to help their, their experience.
3: It, it, it is, and it's it's staggering if you look at the the research and data for how many how many how many days of school are missed every year from students who are bullied and harassed, and you know every single day they miss is a missed opportunity to learn. It's a missed opportunity to grow as a student, you look at social, emotional learning, all these things to interact with others, and, and the bullying or harassment that occurs and keeps those students from coming to school impacts every piece of that. And you know, one of the things, um, you know, Pete and Neil, that I wanna highlight about Securely and, and, and what we're doing with our AI, when we look at those emails, is, is we're not just catching the keywords anymore where a student may say something obvious, like I, I wanna kill myself, or I may commit suicide. You know, Those are unfortunately cries that, that students make, but a student may say, I can't take this anymore, I wanna end it all. There's no key word, there's no suicide, there's no death, there's no whatever, but that sentiment analysis is looking at that, that combination of words and pulling that emotional sentiment and saying, hey principal, hey dean of students, hey counselor, this student could really be crying out for help here. And so they've got that in real time so they can look at it and they can determine what they know about this student, the relationship they have, maybe they don't know anything, but now it's time to get to know that student and maybe it is just a bad day but what's wrong with a student having a bad day and a caring person saying, hey, uh, are you okay? I, I, you know, this email came across my desk and, and a way to build a lasting positive relationship or it could be deeper.
2: Right. Now, is it just emails that you're securely can kind of uncover or also social media conversations?
3: Right. So it's not. So we, we, we started with emails and then we also applied that sentiment analysis to posts that students made on Facebook and Twitter, um, again, on school devices. So it's, this is not something that, that um, initially will be following the, you know, cell phones and personal things, but when they're on that school loan device or on the school network, they're using that, which again, we know the amount of schools that are providing uh, students with, you know, Chromebooks or iPads or windows machines. And that's great. Again, I'm excited that my children have access to technology and think all should, but also we have that responsibility. So we are looking at social media and that helps with digital citizenship. You know, one of my, uh, uh, uh tech person in my former district used to say your digital footprint becomes your resume and that's powerful you know and kids don't understand that he would say that to the students and they would look at him you know kind of cock their head you know like what's he talking about but you know what summer before last those kids from harvard that had been accepted and then had that acceptance rescinded uh based on some things that popped up that they put on facebook you know they understand that now right that's that's a powerful lesson in digital citizenship. We had a young man in my district that popped a picture of himself um, with a gun and a mask on, and added added the school in the tweet. And you know, hundreds of kids absent. Major. I think as a parent, if I see that, I don't. I don't care if it may be a joke. I'm not sending my kid. Right. I mean, those are the things you think about. And so that's why we monitor this, so we can give schools this this peace of mind, and also the students can know that hmm, what I put out here matters. What I put out here can get me a felony in some states. What I put what out here is process. going to impact others' learning.
1: And you, so you will cross-reference like their social media accounts. So it doesn't matter if they're on a school device Correct. or not. If they say something on a school-owned device, then you can go and take a look. All right, let's go see what's going on on their social media account. Is this corroborating what they're saying? Have they, is there a pattern established, et cetera? And it's probably doing that really, really fast if it's using AI and computer analysis to come back and say, hey, we think this is a valid concern that needs to be addressed right away you know, and then filter it, you know, and forward it to the appropriate, you know, person, whoever that happens to be. So what's the chain of sort of look like in that filtering process? Does it depend on the type of thing or verbiage or, um, the sentiment analysis, uh, as you're saying, that's done on that. And it says, okay, well, this is referencing a school shooting. This needs to go to the school resource officer or to police. This has to do with cyberbullying. This needs to go to somebody else, et cetera. Kind of give us an idea as how that sort of
3: out. Sure. So the school determines who gets the alerts right now. And, and by doing that, um, they're going to get the same alert, whether it's, it's bullying, self-harm or violence, but the school can go down and designate, you know, who gets alerts for, let's say, filter activity. So if Johnny's trying to go to pornography and hits a block site, tries to go to playboy.com, who's going to get that alert? You know, does it, but also if Johnny's you know, trying to go to something more severe or, or engaging in other activity, who gets those? So they go in and determine who gets alerts for what type of activity. And then as far as our AI, it's going to, it, it doesn't judge the severity. It just picks up anything that could be what it's trained to do as far as indicative of bullying, self-harm, violence. And sends it out to then who the school is determined, which is typically going to be a, a principal, a counselor, and a vice principal, or a, you know a dean, school resource officer. But you know districts have those things in place when they get information. This isn't anything new. The only thing new is that it's coming in an email alert, or or a text message to them, or a phone call. You know what was going to stop a kid 25 years ago from walking up and telling the teacher Johnny's talking about hurting himself, or writing something on a bathroom wall. You know that's there has to be a policy or something in place to deal with yeah. that information. And so we just kind of piggyback off what schools have always done and then use that that sentiment analysis to get them. And, and one thing to add, Pete, is we also have their filter data. So we have their search history and that really helps us build that case. So, you know, there's a couple examples in what we call, um, one of the things I'll, I'll, I'll talk about later is our, our 24 team. But when we look at that team and, and what they're doing, um, for example, we had a, an alert triggered because a student sent an email that said, no, I just want to kill myself and get it over with, I'm tired of this and can't take it anymore. But, so we're going to get an alert on that, but we're also seeing that in the filter, so what the student was searching for was the suicide hotline. They visited suicidepreventionlifeline.org, they also searched for how to tie a noose. So by having that combination of their social media on Facebook and Twitter, by having their emails sent and received, by having their, that that search history, you know, search history is a source of truth. You know, that's, that's what we talk. Kids will lie to the principal. I can attest to that. Kids <laughs> will lie to their parents. I can attest to that. You know, they'll, but if they lie to their search engine, they're not going to get the information that they need. Right. And so that's why we see these blunt searches. And, and honestly, some of them, you know, Pete and Neil, they're heartbreaking when right. you see what, what kids are doing. Um, but they are. Here's one student search for stats and data for suicide. Five painless ways to die. Good ways to commit suicide oh, wow. in secret. So and they visited Los Hope.
2: You're definitely having uh, a, not a bug, but uh, you're checking all communication from searches that they're doing in school. Cause a lot of kids are trying to break into uh, filters and they're very good at breaking into filters. You oh, guys yeah. will have that identification right then and there Wow, they got to the site or they typed in something, then there'll be an alert, not just, okay they figured out how to get through this. They got somehow to Google or some or, or you, know, you might be blocking Facebook on public devices, but they figured out a way to hack it. Well, you would make sure that's the extra emphasis to make sure it doesn't happen. So that's another thing that I think schools have to remember if they want to utilize your service is at times kids are smarter than you are with your basic filters. Explain about how basic filters can be broken. I saw it as a teacher all the time.
3: Sure. And, and you know, our, our filter is not perfect. You know, we're out here saying securely is the absolute best web filter. It's perfect. You know, not saying there, there's no way around it. But the good thing about serving uh, 10 million students is when somebody does find a way and, and tries to publicize it or get around, it's, it's quickly seen. Or when a student that you know schools are checking up on and mentoring and you know we give administrators ability to pull reports on students so um because that saves time and help them with investigations or even mentoring or, or, or whatever they're engaged in and so if they start to see a student who they've been working with may have had some trouble and all of a sudden there's no history for a day what's going on here so they can you know work work for stuff that way so again we're, we're not perfect um but we do work tirelessly on our, our dev side and engineering side to make sure that uh, any loophole that, that's a student may find gets sealed quickly, but it doesn't, it's always going to be a, a cat and mouse game.
1: Yeah. And I, you are working tirelessly. I mean, you guys have 24 hour protection. I was looking on the website before that you have this team of, of professionals that's ready. I mean, it doesn't matter what time of the day or night, there's somebody available to help. And that's key because, you know, you may need help at you know, two in the morning, three in the morning where, well, school's closed. There's nobody around who's, who's going to help. Well, I guess you do have a way of doing that where you can route it through to somebody who's there ready to, to respond if, you know, they need to and they have
2: that's, to. I guess that's if they're on a school device, which lots of kids are on school devices. They have an iPad they take home or a, uh, or a desktop or something. So those are monitored then. Correct. If it's a school device, it's a 24 seven thing. And that's a good thing because again, that this really will show, are you using the device for the right things? This is for schoolwork. It's not for social life. It's not for these things. Yeah, but maybe. we
1: all know they use it for that. <laughs>
2: yeah, but they're, they're and monitoring, but <laughs> meaning the direct messages you might have, that's the laptop that they have at that school district, Pete. That's yep. the laptop that they have, and that's the only one, and they're utilizing it and having, and they're engaging in bullying, thinking, oh yeah, well, who's going to see this? And Bam. Do
1: they sign off on something and are they made aware, say, hey, you know, you're on a school device, this is a monitored device. If you do anything, you know, this could come back to you. You may lose your privileges for the device or worse kind of thing.
3: Sure. So almost every school district we've ever worked with has uh, an acceptable use policy that they send home. So a student can't, you know, in in an environment where they're giving a student a one-to-one device to take home, like Neil was speaking about um, with taking an iPad home or a Chromebook, the, you know, the student and parent, the parent obviously is going to have to sign off. Um, the parent's going to have to sign off and um, say that they're going to be responsible for it, you know, all that. But also one of the things, key things to that is that um, they're going to know they're going to be monitored. And they're usually specific in what's monitored. Those. So some of them will get as specific as to say your search is online, your emails. Um, social media on, twi- on Facebook and Twitter. So again, it just depends on how specific they get, but in some way, shape, or form, they are telling the parents that they, they are monitoring these devices. And actually, when I talk to principals and counselors as, as part of my consultant role here, I, I tell them be transparent with students. Show them, show them the examples of students losing college scholarships, losing college acceptance, having criminal charges over what they're doing because students aren't gonna like being monitored. Right, that's part of life. They get they they want to you know they, they want to be free and express themselves, and I get that. And we care deeply about student privacy and their ability to express themselves. We also have to balance that with today's safety. And sure. so you know and we encourage them, know them to be balanced. Don't know everything.
1: Sure. You know, and, and so then I, kids are going to absolutely they're not educated, but, They're going to end up with problems based on something that they just didn't know. So if right. at least you're educating them to a certain extent and saying, look, you're going to be monitored, and these are the reasons why, like you said. Total Definitely. transparency is going to be something that's. That but they're not
2: going to remember always. Center. So that'll be right. a good <laughs> wake-up call. That's going to be a good wake-up call. You tell a kid, by the way, there's security cameras in the school. Don't go ahead and punch somebody with security <laughs> cameras. Don't. They're going to forget that. So the kind of thing Michael yep. was talking about filters. That's great. You are not saying your filter is perfect. However, I taught 15 years ago. Explain those cheap filters that they were using. They were free filters compared to securely the differences explain that where a filter that was filtering the World Wide web where you you were blocked to go to certain sites and things like that where you just downloaded that and pete's an it guy knows exactly what we're talking about where a certain site these kids were able to figure it out there are lots of school districts that still are not using a program like yours and it's happening like that
3: yeah. You know, that, that is correct. And, and, to, and Neil, to, to clarify, you know, I'm, I'm not a tech guy. When I started at Securely, I had to Google CSV, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> and what I was doing. So I speak more to the safety aspect and practical implementation. But what I can tell you is that uh, the filter that we have, one of the big advancements, obviously, is, is the cloud. So you get that unlimited scalability for schools. But other things, it, we're, we're allowed to do things like our page scan. So there are, there are new sites popping up every single day. Right. Every single day, there's new uh, pornography sites, gambling sites, time wasting sites, gaming sites, you know, things that that schools are combating. And so, you know, companies uh, like Securely have things like PageScan that will, you know, once it looks at something, if it gets through, it can look examine the content and then categorize that automatically into our block categorization so nobody else can get to it. So those are uh, kind of on a high level. Neil, those are some of the examples um, of how advanced the technology is behind securely that that's going to make it a lot more effective for students and things that were out 10, 15, 20 years ago, even the competition, that's some of the competition out now.
1: You also have this uh, tip line, uh, I guess, as part of a service so that people can, I guess, anonymously post tips to the, to your system. How does that work?
3: It, it does. So to to get the tip line, uh, Pete, I want to back up to 24. So you mentioned that okay. 24 hour of those analysts and that, that's, that's my, uh, that's probably a tie for my favorite thing we do here at Securly with our, our parent piece, but with 24, you know, we have that team of, of highly trained analysts. These are former, um, they have school psychologists, right? People with sociology degrees. We have w- one of the analysts in our office here in Charlotte. Uh, you know, she has a master's in uh, cr- uh, criminology from Clemson University. And, you know, she's trained law enforcement in the past on how to identify victims of human trafficking. I mean, that's just right. Those are the type of people that are on this team. And I mentioned with our auditor, with our filter, you know, all those things we're looking at and we're sending those alerts to principals. We're sending them to counselors. But they have a right to be a human. You know, as a principal, I have a right to sleep at night. Now, I don't stop caring about my kids at night. I care 24 hours a day about the students in my building and the staff, but I have a right to be at my daughter's swim meet on Saturday and not feel like I'm glued to my phone. Exactly. I have a right to enjoy Christmas dinner, right? You, you'd be There's no sure. expectation for me to be a 24-hour employee, and that's why we have that 24 team. You know, there's even times in a school day, maybe I'm at a large high school and I have a pep rally, and me, my resource officer, my dean, we're all in there, everybody who's getting those securely alerts, and so it, it may be something that we don't see immediately, so that's the idea of having professionals um, across multiple time zones in the U.S., that are looking at these alerts in real time, and they're pulling out the most serious. So, Pete, you asked earlier about that AI picking out the serious stuff. It doesn't, you know, it's going to scan all those things and send the alerts out. But our 24 team comes behind, and they pick out the most serious stuff. So that's where we put the human eye. So it's that nice touch, you know, because AI is not perfect. Humans aren't perfect. But when you put them together, you get a really good, solid tool that schools can use so we get things that are flagged you get the analysts behind it and they start building all that other information so when they call you it's not going to be because johnny you know excuse me but johnny googled boobs on a school device they're not going to call the principal at 3 a.m right. because of that or law enforcement but you know if johnny's googling you know how do i hide a body sir uh, right. um uh, the the superintendent this is a true story uh, google their superintendent's name and address how do I hide a body and defense attorneys in their local municipality? This happened about six weeks ago. Wow. True story. Um, we're, we're our 24 team. So when we Some were able to com- compile all that,
1: <laughs> yeah. Flags yeah.
3: Went up there, absolutely. And those are real things, right? You know, you, you hear about it, you suspend the kid and all oh, they F you and I'm going to get you. And you, you hear, but, but you never know. Right. And so that's, again, we're looking at bullying, wow. violence, self-harm, all those things with that team and they're reaching out and, and the response time for that team is right now from the time they're able to uh actually the time a kid creates an event to the time that our analyst has seen it has built that case and is able to reach out is just a couple minutes wow which is which is amazing that they can do that and then they have the full picture you know as a principal sometimes if I had to call a parent I may have had a a one-off piece of information maybe it was a tip from another student maybe it was You know, and that's hard because sometimes parents just don't want to see their their kid needs help, right? They don't think their kid. You know, as a principal, you'd have parents. My kid would never do that, and I have to say, well, let's watch the video. Is that your kid? And that's not fun, right? You know, I I smile about it now, but that's you're you're breaking that perception. You know, but because there there's that there, sometimes it takes a little bit more to get a parent to get their kid help, or to even reach the threshold of a crisis team. If I've just got a one-off email or a one-off story from another student. That may be hard to involve a crisis team, or, or to get the parent to take it seriously. But when you've got all that search history, when you've got the emails, the social media, possibly a tip, when you put all those together, that's when it's hard for uh, you know somebody to turn a blind eye or just to to pass this off as just the team being dramatic.
1: No, well, you've right? built and, a case. Be able to help. You've built a case for it, and it becomes a much more serious thing when it's there's a whole bunch of stuff to back up what you know what's being seen you're corroborating it across all these different these sources so uh that's great and then you know you guys also have the capability of allowing parents in right there's this whole parent portal too that you have where a parent can log in and they can take a look and see like what are their kids searching for which might be a little eye-opening for some parents (laughs) like wait why is my kid looking for that you know right but you know it's good though because i mean it's kind of, you know, maybe a little bit of a of sort of a helicopter parent, but I mean, I for one like to know what my kids are doing as much as I can. Maybe they're saying things I don't want to know, but, you know, as a right. parent, you try to keep <laughs> your kids safe. And so if there are some things that you can do that are sort of just a way that you can sort of see maybe a little bit into what what's going on in their mind, how they're thinking, how they're feeling... And, you know, if all that stuff is, is healthy, building then, man, that's going to make you feel so good as a parent. But, you know, if some of those things are, are a little disturbing or upsetting, then I think that needs to be, you know, sort of the wake-up call to the parent or guardian that says, you know what, hey, why is, you know, my kid searching all these things about, you know, depression or, you know, why, why am I not happy or, you know, who knows? Maybe it's something that has to do with some mm-hmm. bad, you know, things that are going on in their home life. And uh, so that should be a wake-up call to a parent or guardian that says, wow, you know what, maybe I need to be doing something differently here. Maybe I need to be spending some more time with my kid. Maybe I need to do whatever uh, to try to turn things around before it gets to a worse place, you know, because these things do escalate, you know. I mean, it goes from being, you know, sad to depressed to angry to, you know, just these things escalate. And, you know, Mike, as as somebody who's dealing with this all the time, I'm sure you see these patterns as they develop. It's like, well, look at what this kid was talking about six months ago and look at what he's put, looking up, you know, last week. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, it's powerful information. It could be a little scary, but at the same time, we have a responsibility as adults, as parents, as caregivers, as, you know, people that are trying to educate and groom young people for the future to hopefully get them there uh, in a way that helps them become productive members of society and not go down some dark path if we can help it.
2: So now we can, and and, yes, I was saying, Michael, here's a very interesting thing. When you think about approaching school districts now, this could, some school districts will be like, we're all in, but then other prospecting school districts you talk to have a conversation with, they won't like the privacy issues. They won't like the fact that, you really are in. Our parents are just not going to get a like this. How do you kind of ease their tensions about those things when you have those conversations? Because I know there are definite educators listening saying this is getting a little too out of control. The kids really sure, don't have absolutely privacy. And a lot of people are pro private, you know, don't want the, their privacy to be taken away, especially parents that'll say, well, I don't care if you gave them the device or they were on a specific uh, device at school. It's their prerogative they send an email you should be able to look at their their school emails what is this the, so fine then don't use the device <laughs> No, but, but also emails. if you have a school issued email michael right that can be right. monitored as well and a lot and parents could just so how do you kind of ease that ease of mind for the school district the school board so they understand well you know what this is a lot of school districts are doing this we need to go down this route so that It'll help us so we don't have get sued at one point on a
3: specific lawsuit while
2: yep. also protecting our kids.
3: Sure, and, and we know we live in a, in a very litigious society, right? You're, you're, I think the school districts understand that fully. And, uh, and so we understand why they can be a little bit hesitant or reluctant to, uh, you know, hey, there's, there's somebody looking at this stuff 24 hours a day, or we're giving parents access to this stuff. What's going on? You know, uh, Neil, we start with compliance. And, and we know there are regulations out there that, that say that you have to monitor what students are doing to a point you have to make, a, you know, the, the effort to, to filter the Internet and protect it. And, and obviously, we're going to step above that. But we basically go in and, and rationalize um, why we're doing it. We talk about the data. We talk, you know, according to the CDC now, suicide is the second leading cause of death in middle and high school age kids. You know, it goes above that. It's but so but for middle and high school age yeah, kids that, that we deal with.
2: That's a great approach to talk about. I agree yeah. with you is suicide yep. i mean cutting all the different things these kids so many are just pressed if we can identify those things and i wasn't thinking about email but the school issued emails a lot of kids are starting to communicate with those as well and so that's they are
3: in google docs yeah for sure they go in and they've learned hey if i create a google doc and a draft with a friend and we're on it and we go back and forth you know we can communicate that way and nobody can see it and so you know those are there, there's lots of different you know things that are out there and again it, it's not because we care that students are conversing or exploring student age things right we we know that they're human it's the whole balance of, of where safety comes in and, and preventing those school acts of school violence preventing those acts of bullying preventing that self harm so it is a fine line and we we talk to schools about how we walk it neil one of the things we do is we talk about our partners so we we've partnered with ikeepsafe.org and iKeepSafe has been a phenomenal partner. We go through an annual certification with them every year. Uh, we have their FERPA certification, we have their California Student Privacy badge through them, we're, we're working through the, the COPPA right now. So again, we have you know uh, third parties come in and rigorously look at what we do to make sure, one, we're following the laws and compliance with data security, but we're also Walking that fine line for privacy, uh, we work with the Future of Privacy Forum. That we're we're a signatory on their pledge. We also work with uh, members of their team. they participated in some of our webinars. They give us feedback, you know, to constantly make sure because you know we, we understand that students have civil liberties, right? We we get that. And again, that's something that I was a history teacher before I was a principal. So I you know you look back at, at Tinker versus Des Moines and you know all those different things that throughout history about student expression and you know what they can do. So. Um, it, it is a, it is a fine line, but when we when we hit that, we we just talk about that line is so fine now, Neil, because of the violence that we're seeing, because the line of the kids is that are dying in school.
1: Yeah, the line is yeah, moved. Absolutely,
3: and that and that, so and Neil. Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah, no, I was, that's what I was going to say. It has. And, and that's when we start talking about those things, Neil, when we look at the statistics when we look at the data out there, when we, we let them know that we're working with, with those third parties that are helping, they, they, again, they'll, they realize then that the, the line has moved. Like you said, Pete, great way to put it. That it's, it's, I said, shorter, you, it's moved. And, and that helps them realize that, yeah, we're, we're probably okay, um, you know, to put this in. And, and we tell them, you know, consult with your attorney you know, talk to them. And, and we feel good about that because we know we wouldn't have thousands of school districts in the US who are going against the advice of their board attorneys um, when it comes to, you know, putting a product like securely in place. And then, you know, with with the parent piece you mentioned, um, Pete, this goes kind of goes along with that and it's also a thing that helps. Um, Neil, when we talk about privacy is, is one, school districts struggle with parent engagement. I don't care how affluent or, or how high poverty your school district is, you're gonna struggle on some level and, and a lot of that, you know, can be solved by giving parents visibility and transparency. I have never talked to a superintendent or school board or principal who didn't want to be transparent with their parents. What what better transparency than to show your par- your parents what their kids are searching, what sites they're visiting, the videos they're watching. Your teachers work hard to prepare those engaging lessons, so show that off. Let the parents see it, and you know, if the kid is off task, if they are trying to go to gaming sites or block sites. That's another way that the school can engage parents in an authentic partnership to help their kid learn and help focus on what's going on. And and there's, so there's a productivity. And I I go back to my daughter. My daughter um, has one of the most, my oldest has one of the most amazing teachers I've ever seen. And I'm excited. You know, guys, I'm a curriculum, I'm a self-proclaimed curriculum nerd. I love teaching and learning. Um, It's one of the things I was, I was passionate about to become a principal And, and they get in the car. What'd you learn today? Tell me. And, you know, they look at me, Pete and Neil, right in the face, and they say, nothing, Dad. And you and, know what? And, and that's <laughs> so hard, right? Right. And, and I, I know that's not true, but it's just not the first thing they want to talk about. So what we are doing is we're opening those doors to parents to see what their, what their kids learned, right? So they can see what video. Hey, you watched a video on coding today. Dad works for a tech company and knows nothing about coding. Tell me about that. You know, talk to me. And we know that's working. And, and that's the idea we, we, we talk to schools is this, this is not a gotcha. This is a safety tool and it's an engagement tool for parents. And so when parents can see things, yes, there may need to be some tough conversations, but that's important to have. But more about let's talk about what you're learning. Let's talk about academics. Get going about life. You know, we had a mom respond to a survey and uh, she said she saw her daughter searching for Joan of Arc in class. And, you know, she said, she just went on and on about, I, I this is the first conversation I've ever had with my daughter, we had an hour long conversation about strong women throughout history, all because I saw a search that yeah, she would have never the told me she part did. That
2: I think that is, it's an educational tool. And that goes back yeah. to my days as a former teacher, myself, uh, Michael, and I taught X amount of years. Now I have a tutoring and consulting company. And the, the fact is the conversations the parents aren't able to figure out now they know what their kids are learning a lot of times, well, what are they learning in school? By having the ability to monitor these things, you're seeing the Google Docs assignments, all the different things, even though sometimes those teachers are posting on Blackboard, they're not always. Well now, if you have those teachers that aren't, guess what, you're still able to monitor (laughs) what assignments are going on because of Securely. Because, yeah, I you ask your kids, hey, what assignment do you have? Well, let me check them out. But, Natan, you, you have the ability. So is that part of also securely is the student engagement? I mean the parent engagement with student, so that they can also monitor their kid academically, not just security-wise.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and we actually just um, – we went through a, a – uh, we acquired a company – Um, that uh, does a a classroom product, uh, an amazing company, TPL recently, and they do a great product that's got a parent portal as well that lets parents get in. And so we really just want to do everything we can do at Securely to let, obviously with the safety first, but then engage parents because engagement leads to safety. And Pete uh, or or Neil, I kind of went all around the story, but to get to your point about helping school boards and, and superintendents or people who may be a little reluctant, when we look at the safety piece, when we look at the the line that's moved, all those. We also then talk about some of the real examples. And for example, the parent piece, by giving parents visibility, they may say, well, that's a little bit too much of an invasion of privacy. But I can tell you feedback from a mom who's waiting for her daughter to get out of school and she sees these searches for how do I lose weight? How do I diet? How do I lose weight rapidly? And she gets her daughter in the car who doesn't need to lose weight and says, hey, is everything okay? Oh yeah, mom, everything's great, sure. But why are you searching for this? And the kid breaks down, kids are calling her fat. Kids are bullying. We know that there's a very high percentage of kids that get harassed that never report it. Don't report it to a parent, don't report it to a a teacher. And so now you've got the parent who's able to see this in almost real time, engage with their student. They can go to the school, they can work with the school because the school wants to handle bullying and harassment, but they can not if they don't know about it. Now they know about it based on a kid's searches that a parent saw. That, that wouldn't have been flagged, right? But the they're, they're, they're engaged parent is seeing these now because we gave that visibility. They're partnering with the school to help get this stopped. And then this parent can utilize resources to help her daughter because we know what happens when students get harassed. They go to, they move, could move towards an eating disorder. They could. And, and I, I, had a, I had a student yeah. with an eating disorder. And to, to mention the amount of days that were missed in a semester wow. because of that, it, it's, wow, it's wow. you know, really hard to come back from. And then then, or worse, you know, uh, mutilation, cutting, even suicide over those things. Well, so all yeah, those paths maybe, that a student could go down, they're stopped. Well, one of my guests, uh, former WCW
2: star Mark Miro, who's doing some tremendous work with kids with the whole cutting, and if there's a viral mm-hmm. video out there talking, he's really doing great work the kids. He talks about these. It's just really scary, and parents just don't understand. Cutting is rampant in our schools, and – some parents might not identify what cutting is. And then once they see, well, this is how kids are dealing with stress now. They're cutting themselves. It's insane. They're not going to be able to find that. You're not going to find that out unless you're monitoring their devices. And kids, they're going to fight you tooth and nail, but you might be able to identify things in different things. And you might save a life because cutting is the first process leading to some serious disorders.
1: Well, Mike, I'm sure you've probably used the examples to overcome a lot of the hurdles and a lot of the objections that you've seen from people to say, look, here are some real world examples and this is why it's so important because if you do have somebody saying, well, you know what? I don't need to know what my kid's searching for at school. It's like, well, you may not think you do, but here are some reasons why you may want to consider it. And then you can pull out some of these examples because I know as a parent if I was able to know some of those things that my child was searching for, if they were having trouble, I would want to know that, you know, because otherwise you kind of ignoring it or you're, you're just not attuned to it or you think everything's okay because the child or the student isn't, you know, articulating these things to you. They're, you know, they're maybe bottling up, you know, like you're saying, they're getting bullied in school, but they're not saying anything. So they just kind of, you know, they, they come move into their own little shell and now they become, you know, all withdrawn and, you know, maybe they're not eating, they've becoming depressed and all these other things that start to happen. And as a parent, you're like, what's wrong? You know, that you see that there's something wrong, but the child isn't telling you that oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. I just haven't been feeling well, or I'm not hungry. Or I mean, we know as kids, right we made every excuse in a book <laughs> to, to get anything yeah. we wanted, right? So <laughs> kids will do the same thing. They're the ultimate salesman, yep. right? They will sell us on anything. They will tell us flat out yep. and there's nothing wrong. This is why there's nothing wrong. And they give you all, all these excuses. And so as parents were like, well, I mean, you want to trust your kids. So half the time you're going to be like, all right, well, I mean, that, they're giving me a, a reason that seems to be valid. But having the ability to cross-reference that with some sort of yep. parent portal that can say, well, is this really what's going on? And then – Saying it's not what's going on. Now, I think as a parent, that becomes super, super powerful because now you can come back to the kid and say, Look, you know, I want to believe you, but I'm seeing all of this activity and I'm not trying to evade your privacy. I want to be here. I want to help you. I want to talk about this. You know, what can we do? What's going on? And open that sort of dialogue. And I think, as you said, like that, you know, lady having a discussion with her kid, the kid breaks down because it's been welling up inside. And so giving them that sort of ability to sort of open up that spigot and let the emotions come out, let the information come out, and get the engagement happening, uh, it's a powerful thing. And so, I mean, I, I think Securely is doing an absolutely great service for students and parents and schools all over the place. I mean, well, You guys are, uh, it says on the website, 10,000 schools, 10 million students. I mean, that's a mm-hmm. lot of people you're helping out there. Is it throughout it is. just we're, the U.S.? Is that worldwide? Yeah. or?
3: Worldwide, predominantly U.S., but we do we do serve schools wor- uh, worldwide. Um, in in the U.K. we have uh, Canada. Um, we're, we're expanding in in South America as well now. So, um, but but our the the major bulk of that is here in the U.S. Um, uh, as a U.S. based company um, with our, our U.S. based co-founders. But you know, we just want to spread the word of safety as far as we can spread it. Honestly, wherever students are, students in in other countries are going through some of the same things that they are in the U.S., right? Those things aren't unique to us, so we just want to make sure that schools, wherever they are, if they want to use the tools that are available, that are cutting edge, that are going to give schools information, parents information to be proactive, we want to provide that for them. But, you know, we would right now, uh, you know, we're serving about one in five students in the U.S. with either our our, our free or or paid um, services, and and we're very proud of that. and want to continue to, to expand that as we go, because we know that we are making an impact. We talked to IT admins. We talked to super, um, we, we had feedback the other day that uh, they said where well, the student had no idea they had a guardian angel watching over. And then for, for a, somebody in a school to call our company, our analyst, a guardian angel, because they reached out and gave some information that was needed in, in a very short amount of time, that's, that's the stuff that makes you, you know, just exactly. excited to get up and come to work and deal with it. And, uh, you know, and the same thing with parents, you know, going back to that, um, you know, Pete, a great information. It's a data point. Right? It's not the end all be all because there's a search here, and it's about a conversation. Anything we can do to open up conversations between parents and students, and it's optional. You know, because just because we we provide that app doesn't mean a parent's going to log into it. You know, we send a weekly email. We try to poke them. We we want to help the schools engage them and do that legwork for them. And we know it's successful, but it's not going to be everybody. But we just want to encourage. We we just, we know. I think anybody who's looked at any of the research knows when parents are having those conversations, wheels are are, are turning in the kid's head, right? Things are clicking. And, and that leads to positive things. I know we talk a lot about moral intelligence. When you look at kids, we talk a lot about, you know, that, that lack of empathy right. that they're having, um, that they're seeing. And when you're looking in these people, you say what could cross their mind that could make somebody walk into a school, you know, or a church or whatever, and hurt all these people. And so these conversations that are starting in schools, whether it's the tech director sitting down with the student council and saying, we're putting in a, a filtering service that's gonna look at some of your stuff and they're explaining why, that can even lead to conversations far beyond digital citizenship into, let's talk about, you know some examples of bullying that have gone on in our school and community and every one of those student leaders is gonna be able to rattle off 10 of their friends who have been harassed or maybe themselves yes. and that starts to click and as that starts to spread, it's just kind of that organic, you know, let's, <laughs> let's be a little more empathetic. You know, let's be human. Let's Let's work on that. So there's just a lot of things.
2: Let's talk about how Securely is trying to integrate, specifically, let's say, with security systems, especially video management software, which uh, I'm a video surveillance expert. When we talk about video management software and the solution of, uh, you know, the integrations, are you looking to integrate with other VMSs so that, for example, if something comes out in an email talking about there's a potential, uh, you know, active shooter planning thing could happen that that is integrated into the security system so that security is notified through their VMS and all that stuff. What's happening that way.
3: Yeah. Um, and, you know, what I can say is our, our research and development team is looking at anything and everything that, uh, that you just talked about, that's out there that could tie something together to give school a, pro, a piece of, pro, of, of information they could be proactive with. So not to where I could say, yes, we have a, yeah, you know, an internal it's, document it's, that it's, says work on yeah, X, Y, and yeah. Z, but we, we are constantly have a full research and development team that's constantly looking for what's next. So how can we have something that's there, continue to make it up to speed, continue right. to make sure it's a, a great useful tool for schools that's always going to be um, meeting expectations and saving lives, but also what's next. What's right. the next step we can do because things are, you know, again, they're, they're just, there's so many widespread things. I was at a, a school safety conference in Orlando last summer and just looking at the physical security, you know, we're on the computer side, the technology side, right? right? We're, they are there in cyberspace, but then the the stuff they have for protecting locks, protecting classroom doors, right, um, right. video yes. camera yeah, surveillance. All
2: that stuff is the video surveillance, the vet video management yep. software, which is going to the things, thinking about facial recognition. So like you identified during the school day an emails out or a, or a social media post that was on a device saying there's going to something's going to happen that day it identifies and is able to bring an alert not just to the principal but also through the video management software that then would alert the facial recognition to identify who that person was those are the things that uh that you guys could definitely look at uh developing and going with because i think that that's what Pete and I work with all the time. We talk to different people on Safety Talk. We're hearing about, you know, other things that integrate with VMS. Because again, there's a lot of
1: integration going on between a lot of the technology that exists out there today. And Neil and I were both out at the ISC West show in, in Las Vegas in April. And just seeing some of the technologies that are out there and seeing the willingness of so many of those companies to look at other ways of enhancing their solution with the Mm -hmm. you know the end goal being the same for everybody which is you know how do we you know make people safer how do we make students safer how do we make everyone safer and uh and that's what's neat and and one of the things that i noticed that you guys too is you're not just in the school but you've got this securely hub for the home so you actually have a device that that parents now if they see how this is operating in a school level can actually take and use this in my home that's, as well, that's
2: right? A huge thing. That's a huge marketplace, Michael. That was one I saw that I was trying to jump with some startups about ten years ago. That's mm-hmm. neat. that's so neat because you can. Yeah. So tell us about that device. That's very interesting.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, with our parent app, you know, that I mentioned earlier, parents can see sites and searches. Parents can get real-time alerts to flagged activity as well, just like a principal. And then what happens is parents will write into our support and say, this is the greatest tool ever. I love this app. This has been great for the school device. But you know what? My kid does bring the school Chromebook home, but they have a smartphone. They have an iPad. They have, you name it, right? They have all these devices. What do I do about those? And so that's what, that's what the home hub is there to, to remedy. And they're to help parents and be that tool that, that can help them with those other devices. And the great thing about ours is it's going to work with their school device and their personal devices
2: right.
1: that they
3: have. And so it allows parents to get that peace of mind. And here, here's my hub story that I tell. You know, my, my third grader had a, you know, had a, has, you know, has a first sleepover and you've got, you know, kids piling in. It's not, hey, Mr. Jolly, how are you? Thank you for opening our home. You know, that first conversation is going to be or question is going to be, what's your Wi-Fi password? Uh, yep. You know, and so, so you have that, I think you have that responsibility as a parent, not just for your own kids, but any other kid who's bringing technology into your home to make sure that, you know, YouTube is safe, to make sure your search engines they're browsing are safe, that they're not getting to content they shouldn't, at their age, be getting to within your home. And that's what the hub is there the to do. Right. Yeah. That's so it's, it's an easy, you know, the idea, you know, plugs right into your router. It becomes essentially what the kids all connect to. And it gives parents lots of controls. They have a pause button on there. So, hey, kids, come to dinner. You know, kids are <laughs> just hammering away on there, boom, hit pause, That's and now it's a, off. it's a paperweight. You That's know, my, my, my pause button was my dad taking the, you know, the, the hinges, the door off the hinges. But nice. now, you know, they have it, you know, have it easier to, to you know, just pause the button, and, and now the, the kids are going to come to, uh, you know, come to the table or do whatever, because screen time is awful. Screen time, the battle with screen time, uh, you know, I see it with young kids. I hear it from teenagers, parents. I hear it from parents of elementary kids, and this is one of those things to help manage screen time and put that in the tool so it gives them safe browsing, gives them safe YouTube, um, gives them an insight into what their kids are, are, are looking at, and then it, it gives them the, the ability to control screen time. So those are the major things of that, and, uh, and that allows them to not only protect the, the home or the school devices, but the home as well.
2: And then you think about also, Michael, one other organization I work with and partner with is PASS past K through 12 and that's something again you guys should explore as well that should maybe be put into it is the whole process of what you guys do because they're talking about the complete security of the school I think that what you guys do is a definite pinpoint that needs to maybe be written in the next past guidelines because I think all schools definitely need what you have that's for sure
1: yeah, Thank it's you. unfortunate that you know we need these things, but the bottom line is you have to do what you can as a parent and as a, a teacher, as an educator, et cetera, to, to protect the children from seeing what you know you don't want them to see. And I mean, I I've done that with as an IT guy, I've had a lot of restrictions set up on the network and the computers and the televisions and everything, and it drove my wife crazy. She said, "Why is this blocked?" And I'm like, "Because I don't want the kids watching." She's like, "Well, I want to watch this," you know. I'm like, "Okay." That's fine. Put in the password, you know, like an R-rated movie or whatever, but certain things, you know, would be blocked. And then, you know, the the kids didn't like it, but at the same time, I'm like, sorry, (laughs) you know, like you, I'm paying for your device. I'm paying for your access. If I don't want you to be able to go somewhere and, you know, whatever that happens to be, whether it's to go on a game or to do what, what, you know, search for things or whatever you're not going to be allowed to do it, you know? And they will just go somewhere else and do it. Okay, well, I can't control you there, but I can't control you here. So I hope that the next person's house or the school, (laughs) right, has a securely device or, you know, has some other way of of protecting them because it's, it's, access to information today is too easy. It's so simple. I mean, you know, what do you get? You don't know something, boom, you pick up your phone or your computer and you can find Mm -hmm. the answer to anything you can think of. And even a lot of things you can't, in a heartbeat. And that power in the hands of curious kids can be a recipe I think for for major disaster if we're not really careful. And I don't think a lot of people think about it that way. They think, "Oh, this is great. You know, they have access to everything." Yeah, but that comes also with a bad, you know, side as well. You know, you don't want kids learning about certain things or getting curious and learning about things well before they're mature enough to understand them or make decisions about it. I'm not even going to go down that road. I'm just going to allude to some things. But the bottom line is there are certain things that they should not be exposed to until they're a certain age, you know, and that can be arbitrary. You know, my feeling on that might be different from yours, might be different from the next person's. But the bottom line is certain ages require certain restrictions on access to information, certain pieces of information. So this is one way to do it. And we know kids aren't real happy about that when they know that they're being monitored or that they're being blocked right. from something. But having that conversation with them and speaking to them, I think as, as mature children, as young adults, getting to understand the reasons why, hopefully, uh, works. And if not, you hope that someday down the road they'll think, hmm, my dad was pretty smart, <laughs> you know, or my mom was pretty smart or my teacher was pretty smart or whoever, you know, when they think back at it, you know?
3: Yeah. They, well, they, they do. And, and that's the thing because, you know, kids are smart, right? They, they're a- extremely smart. And, and even sometimes you'll think it, they, that they'll try to hide it, but they do understand. And so when you sit down and you're transparent, even with younger kids about why you're doing things, why you're monitoring, why you're limiting, and, and you do it for to keep them on task, to keep them focused, to keep them safe. To, to make sure they, they're, they're graduating, right? That's your mission as a school district. I don't know any school district that doesn't have a mission of graduating students who are productive, healthy, you know, students who are, you know, uh, members of society who are ready for whatever's next, whether it's career or college, military, whatever that is, right? And, and that's a part of it, is making sure they get there and that they are safe and haven't been exposed to things that, you know, they shouldn't be exposed to by certain ages, and, and that's what we're helping do. You know, part of that is, I, I've never been at a, a work, I'm monitored everything I do, my wife works for a very large corporation, you know, they monitor her, I have friends who have keystrokes monitored at sure. their jobs, it's it's a part of life, and it's not because they want to know every single thing you're doing, they could probably care less, but there's a part of it when it comes to productivity, when it comes to using someone else's technology, when it comes to safety and security, all those things matter, and so that's that's why, you know, part of why we want to talk to students about what we're doing, and again, you said it, they're not going to like it, but Back in their mind, they're going to appreciate it and think they're they're doing, they're making an effort to keep me safe because kids see the same news that I see. I guarantee you my third grade daughter sees some of those same news stories or hear some of those things in the car before I can turn the station. Oh, another school shooting. Right. You know, and in the back of her mind, she knows she goes to school, right? She knows that she can put those things together. My kindergartner can do that right and so because they're on their mind when they hear things that the school is doing is safer that's that's just going to further the message that their 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 teachers care their principals care their superintendent school board their community you know people that care for them they're looking to put the latest and latest technologies out there to do everything they can do to make the place they need to be seven eight hours a day of their waking time you know that's where they're spending that all that time that they're safe while they're there
1: so for now now what is uh securely working on anything new at the moment. They coming out with any new features, anything you can't tell us. Uh, <laughs> uh,
3: well, we, we have a, we have ISTE coming up in about a week and a half uh, in, in, uh, in Pennsylvania. So we're really oh, excited okay. to be there. You know, one of the biggest, obviously one of the biggest uh, tech shows in, in oh, of the IST. year, every yeah.
2: year. I was invited to be media yeah. that to go reach out in that particular way. So uh, interesting. Oh yeah. So that's
3: yes. Ma- massive show. So we're, we're going to, uh, Pete, we're going to announce some things there that we're excited about. Uh, some other things that we have announced is we're we are are going to be releasing this fall um, uh, nudity detection. You know, that's one of the things looking for porn images when it comes to attachments to emails. So we've, we've looked at those emails for bullying, self-harm and violence, but we're adding images that may be attached. That could be pornographic. Um, I we're working people on, on pictures of themselves
1: back and forth. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. And then that goes on the school's network and then the school's got it there and all those things, all the problems that can arise. So we're doing that. We're also pulling the nudity, um, out of the Google Drive, so if kids put things- uh, upload that straight to their google drive um also um yeah, gonna so uh, we'll be looking for those images uh that are there, and then a few other really cool things like i said i 'll have to I, I keep it under your hat for it, now. Yes. i'll we'll have to have you hand back hand on out. after the yeah. show <laughs> and you <can laughs> <tell everybody about laughs> yeah yourself. please do yep. But, uh, oh, uh, but, but yeah, we're, we're excited to, to have those things out. We're excited about what we've been doing since 2013, whether it's, you know, the cloud-based filtering that's helping, you know, IT uh, staff with their, the challenges they've been facing in the past, all the way down to, as a principal, how can I get information I need to help me keep my building safe? You know, I, I, um, uh, my school made national news. We had a kid, uh, I think maybe five years ago now, stand up in class, Pete and Neil, and he said, I've got a bomb and I'm joining ISIS. And, you know, we've got a high school with over a thousand kids. We've got elementary, middle school. You know, if you can imagine how quick that spreads in a school where we have an access point in every classroom, kids with devices, it was just, it was horrible. And and he he didn't have a bomb. Yep. He, He had weapons that he didn't have a bomb, but he was charged with weapons on campus, among other things. And that's just one of those, you know, again, it, it's just everybody's got a story. Now, every principal I talk to or a superintendent or school board member, these things are just becoming commonplace when it comes to suicide or threats of violence or these uh, the, the bullying stories we talk about. And it just it, it needs to stop. It as needs to a, cut um, down. It, it needs to go away. As a, as a,
1: you know, personal safety expert and somebody who's dealt with this on both sides of it, you know, as a cybersecurity you know, course creator and consultant doing that for clients of mine on the IT side of things, and then dealing with the aftermath and sometimes the results of people who are being bullied in school. They come to me for training in martial arts and self-defense to learn how to build their self-esteem and stuff. You know, this stuff is all part of the same, you know, two sides of the same coin. You've got the online side of safety, you've got the offline side of safety, and it used to be that they were different And the online site of safety was, you know, sort of limited to, you know, hackers and viruses and things like that. But now it's evolved into ransomware as well as all the traditional crimes that now have moved online, you know, from bullying to cyberbullying, from stalking to cyberstalking, etc. So you have all of these problems that now have moved online. And then what can happen is that they can move offline. You know, and so if you're being cyber stalked and now you're being stalked in the real world, you know, that could be end up being a huge problem for you. So you better take some measures to protect yourself. And so technology can do so much for us, but it can't do everything. You know, a lot of it still has to fall on the individual shoulders and that personal responsibility of knowing what threats to personal safety exist for you personally You know, whether you're a student, whether you're an adult, whether you're, you know, somebody who's traveling, etc. And so, you know, one of the things that we try to do here on Safety Talk is educate people on all the different ways that, you know, you can be protected in the online world, the offline world. You know, having, you know, you on Mike today was great because, you know, people are learning about a product that they may not have in their school. Uh, They may not be aware of it. There could be educators out there going, Hey man, this sounds like something I want to, you know, take a look at if it can help me. And of course, having a device that works in a home too is something that now, you know, parents and people can go and say, Hey, what is this device now that I can, I heard about on this show that I can, you know, see if it could protect my, my, my family and my kids, my wife, myself, et cetera. So um, where can our listeners go to learn uh, more? The website, I assume?
3: securely.com. Absolutely. Securely.com is the best place to go and you can see the full layout of all the tools that we offer for schools and uh, as well as any information and uh, anyone can always, uh, you'll find contact information there, but anyone can reach out to me at Michael at securely.com or uh, studentsafety@securely.com student safety at securely.com and then reach out to us and, uh, and we'll get you to the right place. But we're, we, we love, absolutely love talking about what we do. Pete, uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be uh, talking with you and, and Neil tonight about it because it's just, there's a massive need for it. I, I, I've seen it firsthand and I live it every day as a parent thinking about that, you know, my two young daughters and, and want them to have the best and to be safe. So uh, we're, we're excited. And, and we just have a, a you know, a, a team here at Securely full of, of passionate people who are motivated to keep kids safe and, and cut down on bullying and self-harm and violence.
1: That's awesome. And that's Securely that's awesome. without the E. So that's S E C. Correct. So yes, sir. Without
3: the E. Yep and
1: uh, and I'll get you there. So, um, well, you know, I really appreciate you being on, uh, Mike, on Safety Talk. And uh, thanks, of course, to our listeners for tuning in. And uh, you can always get more information about the latest uh, news and safety at safetytalkpodcast.com, as well as a link to uh, this episode and other episodes uh, across the various platforms, both on Terrestrial Radio and on various podcast networks. So again, uh, any last thoughts, Mr. Neal? and we will wrap
2: up for tonight. Not at all, but uh, I'm going have to have that Michael on for the personal uh, <laughs> thing about parenting and stuff like that for another topic. Cause I'm interested in that product very much. And I think that that product could be another uh, great to market in the uh, Western Pennsylvania area for sure. So we'll definitely uh, have to get you back on to talk about that on my show on one of my other shows on the network involving education, because that'll more speak to the education. It involves security, but a lot more in the parenting end and the, and that family relationship thing that you guys are doing. Okay.
3: So absolutely. It'll be, would be honored to.
2: Okay.
1: All right. Well, uh, again, everybody until next time, stay safe.
0: Thanks for tuning into safety talk. You can listen to past episodes and get the latest safety news at our website, safetytalkpodcast.com. Be sure to visit our other websites for free safety checklists and infographics. You can also sign up for free online self-defense training, learn about college campus safety, and find out more about Pete and how he can help educate your school or business through speaking, workshops, seminars, and consulting. Subscribe to the Safety Talk podcast and never miss out on any new safety information. Until next time, stay safe.